Hello and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. Today we are going to continue talking about the turning points of church history. So we're doing a very quick walk through church history, what happened to the church in between Jesus being raised from the dead and how we got here. And what I'm doing is I'm using a book called Turning Points by a, a man named Mark Knoll and just going through his material and kind of reporting to you from what I've learned. So this really is the major basis of my book, and I want to give credit, sorry, of my talks, and I want to give credit where credit is due. So if you like this and you're a bit more interested in more details, you can either pick up that book. I picked up a copy on my Kindle for a very reasonable price. Other than that, um, there's lots of books on church history as well as lots of material on the internet. So today we're talking about the, the Great Schism, Schism is, I think, from the Greek, meaning like a split. It's talking about a big split in the church. And many of us have seen uh, church splits happen where a congregation will head its different ways or a large group of people will head out and do something else. But this is called the Great Schism, and it's really the first time that the church had a major, 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 major split. And this is different than um, just kind of ousting a group of heretics or something like this. This is a major split in the church that really divided at the Great Schism of 1054. And if you're kind of wondering why is this a big deal, well, it explains why there are two kinds of Christians in the world, the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. These two groups came out of this schism. I don't know if this is exactly what they were called right at the beginning, or if they called themselves that right at the beginning, but now the, these two sides of the schism are known as the Catholics and the Orthodox Church, the West and the East. And in the West, about you know 500 years after the Great Schism, the Reformation started to get underway, which led to the Protestant Church. And then everything that's come out of that from there, there seems to be a lot of more branching off in the tree that is the church in the last 500 years than the time before that, definitely. But the Great Schism of 1054, and what was going on was, if you you may remember from last time, we were talking about how uh, the dynamics of church life were changing quite a bit in with the creation of Christendom and the crowning of Charlemagne in the West. And you really had these like two political powers. You had the um, Holy Roman Emperor in the West, based in Europe, and you also had the, an emperor in Constantinople in, in the East, which is now um, Istanbul in modern-day Turkey. So politically, you had these kind of two major centers of political power in the Christian world. And you also had the Pope, or the Bishop of Rome, who was in the West, in Rome, and you had the patriarchs, and they're they're kind of spread out, but also centered somewhat in Constantinople. That was the political and uh, religious center of the East. And so there was always going to be tension. There's always tension. There's always infighting. There's always people trying to answer the question, who's in charge here? And in 1054, there was a meeting between delegates from the West, from the Rome, and people in Constantinople. And during that meeting, there was a major throwdown and a major blow up. And what happened was that both parties ended up ex- excommunicating the other people, saying that they're no longer Christians and they're condemned and they won't go to heaven when they die. So they, there was a major blow up. And part of it was the political conflict there. There was also sort of a theological burr in the saddle 
from the Nicene Creed. We talked about this a few weeks ago, the Nicene Creed, which is written to um, as a way of summarizing true teaching about the deity of Christ and how he's not created, but he's, he's um, fully God and became incarnate. And the church in the West at a later council added a word called filioque, which means and the son. And they added it to the um, confession, to the the, the creed, and the church in the East never adopted it. They never accepted it. And so essentially what the difference is, is that the church in the West accepted a, a creed that said that the Holy Spirit proceeded both from the Father and the Son, and the East just kept it as the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. And there, this distinction really did matter to to people and to church leaders and then to throw in a lot of political shenanigans and then to throw in this blow up excommunication thing at 1054 there was a major break and a schism between the west and the east and this um, schism i think they anticipated that the rift would mend um, for a while and Uh, You can kind of see it in a few years after the schism, the emperor in the east asked for help dealing with encroaching Islamic forces on Constantinople. And so he asked the west to send people. And so the pope rallied some um, European leaders there there with their knights to come to the east. And this began the crusades, this crusade to go and recapture Jerusalem to drive back the Islamic encroachment on Jerusalem. Christendom on Constantinople, and it was the first crusade was successful. It was a mess, but it was successful. They reclaimed Jerusalem, and for um, a few decades, you had in human history the kingdom of Jerusalem, where a Christian king was crowned in Jerusalem and ruled over that city like it were a nation for a few years and, you know, had the, all the political shenanigans of marrying off daughters and who do they marry and what are they, who are their kids going to do and stuff like that. And that lasted for quite a bit, though it was eventually retaken by um, Islamic forces. And I think it was Saladin who did it, but I could be wrong. Anyhow, um, the the trips of the Westerners through Constant, Constantinople were always a bit of a mess. I mean, they people estimate that sometimes the First Crusade was like hundreds of thousands of people just marching through Constantinople, and it caused such a mess. I mean, you'd have priests there, and you'd have knights there, and you'd have royalty there, but you'd also have peasants and stragglers and all kinds of people who were either just along for the ride or whatever. It was a mixed mob, and so you can imagine it, that lots of trouble would break out as these people marched through Constantinople. On the Fourth Crusade, so this would have been years and years after the first one, on the Fourth Crusade, the Crusaders actually stopped at Constantinople and sacked the city. They destroyed stuff. They destroyed museums. They pillaged. They broke what they couldn't carry or didn't think was worthwhile looting. And they murdered people in the streets. And so these these mercenaries, essentially what they ended up being, um, destroyed Constantinople. And I think for a while they had disposed, deposed of the emperor and put in their own leader, though the people who were the descendants of the emperor came back. And so that event, which took place in the 1200s, I believe, really sealed the schism between the West and the East of this sacking of Constantinople by crusaders. And 
And it, it, that's, it is, it's just horrible. It's just a horrible event um, that you just can hardly believe even happened. And uh, nothing good came out of it. It's just one of the worst events in church history. Absolutely nothing good came out of that event. It was just bad that has impacted the centuries. Um, and so that schism still persists today somewhat. There was some movement uh, during the late 1900s with Pope Jean Paul II, where he was making, having some communications with leaders of the Orthodox Church. And I believe they actually read the Nicene Creed together without the Filioque Clause and just said, you know, we do believe this stuff. And so there was some attempts to mend some of the damage. And I think also both sides revoked the excommunications that the other people had received or had given. So there's some mending going on there, but still a rift. That's where the Catholic Church versus the Orthodox Church happened. That's why they don't just say we're all the church. That schism was the event that started it and kept it going. Um, And the Orthodox Church has many branches. There's a Greek Orthodox Church. There's a Russian Orthodox Church. There's lots of Orthodox Christians in Africa. I think there's more in Africa than there is in like the, the Ukraine, which is known as an Orthodox country. And that's one of the things that was happening during that time of the schism was that the Orthodox Church or Orthodox Christianity was making big inroads into Russia. I think it was in the 1960s, a prince who was otherwise a pagan, worshipping the gods, um, married a Christian lady and wanted to have Christianity be something that would bind together people. One, The worship of one God to bind together people. Does this sound familiar? That's kind of what Constantine was working on um, hundreds and hundreds of years before. And so Christianity, the Orthodox Christianity was welcomed into Russia. And at first it was just there in the metropolitan centers in the big cities and, you know, building monasteries in or near the cities. But over time, you know, it was really welcomed by the cities as well as it was disseminated throughout the countryside and become very, became very, very enmeshed with Russian life. And so much so, I mean, if you ever have a chance to read anything by Dostoevsky, uh, you know, especially the Brothers Karamazov, this Orthodox Christianity really was part of the the flavor of Russian life. It was, it was just very thoroughly worked into the Russian identity. And a lot of that was lost during the rise of socialism and communism during the 1900s. Um, the communist government was brutally, brutally committed to destroying every um, vestige, every little pocket of Christianity in their country. I think there was one week or one night where they killed something like 3,200 priests or monks all in one night. They just had these purges, Christian purges. And so um, Orthodox Christianity was majorly damaged during that time, but actually lots of um, faithful Christians came through that time. It's a time of major persecution in Russia. But in the churches, I, I under, as I understand it, is kind of regaining some of its strength in Russia during these times. So the Great Schism of 1054, uh, a date to remember, that's where the first major break in the church happened and where Catholic and Orthodox Christianity went their separate ways. And now you know. Be blessed. Thank you.